0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of New Books in Systems and Cybernetics, a podcast channel of the New Books Network. My name is Tom Schult, your host from the University of British Columbia. With all of its entailed engagements with epistemology, emergence, and self-organization, cybernetics began, and arguably still is, the science of communication and control in the animal and the machine as it was coined in the subtitle of Norbert Wiener's Field-Defining Book of 1948. While the reflexive turn of second-order cybernetics in the 1970s led the field down new paths, and unfortunately to the margins of mainstream academia in the West, Soviet thinkers continued to develop the control scientific implications of the field in a matter that remained central to the scientific enterprise of that nation. In his densely packed book, Cybernetics, Past to Future, out from Springer in 2016, Dmitry Novakov provides a detailed and erudite analysis of the field's development as a kind of meta-science or philosophy of the varied strands of control theory across technological, biological, and social systems. As the current director of the Institute of Control Sciences of the Russian Academy of Science, Dr. Novikov is eminently qualified to guide readers on a journey through the promises, challenges, disappointments, achievements, and future prospects of the science of control and communication that will also introduce a global audience to the work of many eminent Russian thinkers in the field whose work has not been as accessible outside Russia as is deserved. And so now, without any further ado, let's turn to my conversation with, with Dr. Dmitry Novikov. Dmitry, welcome to New Books in Systems and Cybernetics. It's great to be talking to you all the way from Moscow. Many thanks. And uh, just, I'm noticing we're hearing my cat in the background, so we may have a little guest who might have a few questions of his own. Uh, but we'll try and keep his his involvement to a minimum. Um, so, as we always do on the NewBooks Network, um, we're going to start with a uh, general question about your overall biography, your sort of academic trajectory, maybe a little bit about where you are now in terms of your your where your what is your academic home, or um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, your journey towards. Um, the field of systems and cybernetics. And I know that you give us a little bit of an indication of that in a quite a lovely dedication to your father at the very beginning of the book, who you say opened the world of cybernetics to you. So if there's anything you feel you want to tell us about that, that would also be great. But tell us about your, your journey um, through academia um, and through your studies into the field of cybernetics.
1: Okay, I think that uh, on one hand my way to science and my way to cybernetics uh, was traditional because I graduated the Faculty of Radio Technique and Cybernetics uh, of Moscow Institute of Physics and Technology. Uh, it's a traditional way. Uh, non-traditional way is the following. When I was a second year student, uh, my father uh, have given me the book of William Ross uh, An Introduction to Cybernetics. I read it uh, and I was astonished that it was just some other cybernetics that we learned in the institute, in the university. Because in the university we studied uh, many mathematical details Uh, very beautiful uh, mathematical models with different applications and mostly in technique. Uh, uh, But in the book of Ashby I have seen a general glance on some regularities and they were described by very very simple words uh, without mm, some heavy mathematics Uh, but uh, these were really scientific uh, results Uh, and I think that uh, uh, this acquaintance with this great book of uh, uh, William Ross Ashby was the start of my way to cybernetics. Then I uh, graduated from the university, graduated the postgraduate courses, uh, had my uh, Candidate, uh, dissertation, doctor of science, professor, uh, member of, uh, corresponding member of Russian Academy of Science. And uh, during all my scientific life, I work in the Institute of Control Sciences. It's a former uh, uh, Institute of Automation and Remote Control uh, in Moscow. It's uh, an Institute of Academy of Science. And as you understand, uh, control and cybernetics are, uh, very, very closely, uh, tied. So I spent, uh, all my past, past part of the life, uh, in this great institute and I passed the other way from, uh, engineer to the director of the institute. And nowadays I am, uh, a director of this institute of, uh, control sciences. Hmm. uh so for the last uh 30 years my life is closely connected with uh cybernetics and control
0: great thank you and uh it's interesting uh, one of the interesting things um about your book is for someone like me um, um situation situated in canada um your your references are full of um russian um references that uh, are for me, at least largely unknown in the West in the so-called west. Um, and um, yeah, it's amazing. And, and your your just your description now of your journey towards cybernetics um, really marks a difference between the kind of trajectories uh, between cybernetics in Russia and the former soviet union and 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 uh, in um, America. And the the rest of Europe, where we sort of yeah traditionally start with Ashby, uh, and this much more um, non mathematical way into the subject sort of opens it up to people like me who come at it from the humanities, mm-hmm. um, and, and the sort of this, it, the an uh, interdisciplinary spirit of the uh, the initial Macy conferences. So it's it's fabulous though that uh, I'm hoping a lot of the references that are in your book I'll be able to find in English. Um, because it's a whole wealth of authors yet for, for many of us to, to enjoy and discover and learn from uh, you know, outside of Russia.
1: Uh, you see, there are different uh, understandings of uh, cybernetics and uh, uh, these differences are not only uh, geographical or political as it was between the cybernetics in the USA and in the former Soviet Union. Uh, But uh, there are different glances on cybernetics, glances from mathematicians, from physiologists, from uh, humanitarians and so on. Uh, As for the classical cybernetics, uh, winner uh, cybernetics, I think that uh, uh, two main uh, schools of classical cybernetics were in the United States and in uh, the Soviet Union. Until the end of uh, 1960s, they developed rapidly and I can see that mm, some of these one of these branch was more successful than another. They developed uh, intersecting, um, sometimes parallel uh, due to the problems of uh, sometimes of contacting with the colleagues uh, uh, from the, another country but it was a very fruitful uh, period and uh, very intensive uh, development of classical uh, cybernetics. And many, many books from the USA were translated in Russian. uh, And uh, as far as I know, many uh, books uh, were translated from Russian uh, to English and they were available to the scientists of the both uh, countries. Uh, then uh, the period of the second-order cybernetics uh, began, uh, such names as uh, Heinz von Maturana, uh, uh, Matoranova, and uh, other classics of uh, second-order cybernetics. Uh, they were not so popular in the Soviet Union because uh, Soviet cybernetics uh, was rather more mathematical. Right. And uh, since this time, uh, the the divergence uh, increased. But originally, it was the same route. Maybe there were two great branches, but they had the same route and many, many intersections.
0: Right. And it seems certainly that the the degree of influence that cybernetics was able to have over the larger fields of science and then in the academy at large remained much stronger in the Soviet Union than in the United States where after AI took off and uh, other sort of branches of information theory, et cetera, cybernetics was kind of as a, as a discipline in itself was sort of pushed to the to the margins and has sort of continued to sort of fight its way and tried back towards the the mainstream since then uh whereas the cybernetics remained central to uh scientific uh, endeavor in the soviet union if i if i'm not mistaken
1: uh, i think that you are right and uh, uh, cybernetics uh were introduced in uh the in courses in universities in soviet union and it was very popular and uh, i think that nowadays We have uh, several dozens of departments of cybernetics uh, in different technical universities or in in general universities.
0: Well, I can say that with that... Yes. Well I can say that with that comment you just made, there are cyberneticians all over the rest of the world uh turning green with envy because the idea of establishing a department devoted to cybernetics in the rest of the world is uh is is a long way off. Uh there's certainly obviously um departments to, to sys devoted to systems, uh like ones in at the University of Hull and, and in the UK the systems tradition is quite strong.
1: Mm-hmm. And you
0: do get some discussion of cybernetics in those places, but uh certainly um Russia seems to be a place that's continued to, to take the, the field very seriously in a way that's been a, a greater challenge, particularly in places like the United States and up here in Canada. So um, thank you for that. Let's move into the into a bit of the book. So the book is called Cybernetics from Past to Future. And um, why this book and why this book now? What was your principal aim in deciding that this was the kind of, of book that we needed now? That is, um, I don't want to call it a survey because it's much more detailed, too detailed to, to call it merely a survey, but it does give us a sort of overview of the field with a lot of detail along the way and then some some uh, ideas about where you think the field is headed. What, what led you to think that this was a book that the field uh, needed now?
1: I think that there are two reasons. Uh, the first reason uh, is that many, many years ago, maybe in the 70th or 80th of the last century, Uh, cybernetics has uh, lost its influence. Uh, There were a lot of expectations about its future successes, but uh, no great successes followed and uh, many people uh, turned their attention to other sciences and uh, the term cybernetics uh, has become um, a classical one, but not so significant that it was uh, in 60s or 70s of last century. Uh, and uh, I think that the mm, role and the potential of uh, this science mm, is underestimated. And uh, I thought that it's necessary to attract attention of uh, scientists from different fields, uh, attract attention to cybernetics again, uh, not only to its history and modern state, uh, but to explain to the professionals uh, that cybernetics may be useful for them in their sciences. And that it's not a dead science, it's a living science and uh, it will Uh, develop uh, further. It's the first reason. The second reason was that um, nowadays uh, students uh, uh, don't know the cybernetics uh, as uh, some general science. Our students, even in my departments of uh, control sciences, uh, they study uh control theory, uh, adaptive control, robust control, uh, and so on. But they don't uh, study and they don't understand that there are some general uh, laws, regularities uh, of control in systems of different nature. Uh, these regularities may be applied to uh, human, to a machine, to a society, and so on. And it's a great drawback of uh, education in control theory nowadays that students are very narrowed in their uh, knowledge application. Then uh, they cannot see uh, the whole world around. And I guess, guessed that uh, maybe such a book about the history and future or cybernetics will be useful for the students. And uh, it was uh, the secondary reason.
0: Right. And are you able to use it now as a textbook in uh, some of your courses?
1: Uh, Yes, I use it in my courses. I have uh, recorded uh, a set of uh, video lectures, but uh, in Russian only. Uh, And they are um, maybe found in the internet. And I think that we must do our best to popularize uh, cybernetics uh, its possibilities uh,
0: results right. mm-hmm. so very similar reasons to why i uh, approached marshall poe of the new books network in order to start this particular channel very similar mm-hmm. reasons that are sort of motivating a lot of cyberneticians around the world um so we'll start to go into this to the structure of the book and in this next question i certainly won't ask you to tell the entire history of cybernetics since we've got a lot of things uh, other things to talk about uh, as we move along but You, 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 you trace out this arc about the beginnings of cybernetics in a kind of romantic period, and then followed by the disillusionment of juvenility and the decay of maturity. And of course, we don't want to leave people entirely with a picture of decay because this exercise, of course, is all about demonstrating Mm -hmm. that cybernetics is still alive. But if you could just trace for, for listeners, just a little bit of that arc, um, and also along the way maybe discuss the criteria you mentioned for the survival of a synthetic science which is one of the ways you define cybernetics and the epistemological functions of a science and maybe how that weaves into the the, this arc that you've described
1: Mm -hmm. you have uh, mentioned different uh, meanings different functions of the science it's a very fruitful way to analyze the history and the presence and the future of any science uh, from such a gnosiological you know, uh, point of view. Uh, you see, mm, uh, any science and its beginning uh, is trying to mm, uh, describe something. Uh, this description level uh, is, I guess, is too uh, simple for cybernetics. Uh, because it's devoted to the generalizations. Uh, So, (coughs) uh, I think that cybernetics starts from the second level of um, uh, gnosiological maturity, uh, such as um, the function of uh, explanation. First, you have to uh, describe something, then you have to uh, explain it. Okay? And cybernetics uh, is very useful in, first, in uh, finding explanations from different sciences uh, to the processes and uh, events uh, in some certain science. Uh, and it's very useful um, <coughs> uh, in uh, applying results of one science to another science <laughs> and it allows to uh, obtain new, new results okay it's uh, what the second uh, function of science uh, explaining and then the third function is uh, forecasting uh, due to the interdisciplinarity of cybernetics it uh, allows to uh, forecast some uh, events and trends uh, basing on the experience of one science translating this experience to another science and the highest the fourth level of uh, the fourth function of science is the normative or prescriptive uh, uh, function uh, which says uh, how do we should we act uh, it's equivalent to control how should we control the object the system to uh, turn it into the desired state and uh, it's the main uh, object of cybernetics how should you control different system systems of different nature and so on so um, i think that uh, cybernetics is efficient at the. three levels of, uh, three functions of uh, science, uh, explanation, uh, forecasting, and uh, normative function.
0: Great. Um, You talk in the next section a little bit about interrelationship between control philosophy or with control philosophy and methodology. And there's a very interesting section where you talk about philosophers going way back several centuries as the early control theorists and and also philosophers as the torchbearers for cybernetics during the sort of disillusion period in the 1970s and you also speak of cybernetics essentially as control philosophy so can you tell us a little more about that relationship between philosophy and uh, and cybernetics
1: well, philosophy is the essence of any science and really, if we turn to the history of mankind, to the history of uh, science, uh, philosophers were the only scientists uh, for many, many centuries, uh, maybe till uh, middle age, when the diversification of sciences uh, appeared. It's on one hand. On the other hand, every science which have uh, achieved some results uh, needs uh, for uh, self-reflection. Uh, you see, uh, if we'll uh, take an example of physics as uh, the most popular example of uh, ideal science, neoclassical the ideal science. Uh, at the end of nineteenth century, at the beginning of the twentieth century, the philosophy of physics appeared, and it develops for more than a last century uh, reflecting, generalizing, explaining uh, new results in physics, uh, uh, searching for interrelation between different branches of physics and so on. And uh, I guess that the following statement is true that any science achieving some agnosticological level of development tries to generate a meta-science which will explore the original science. In this sense, uh, cybernetics may be treated as the meta-science for control, for mm, communication theory, uh, for system science, and so on. So, in uh, some sense, uh, cybernetics is the philosophy of uh, control theory. But it uh, belongs to the control theory, not to the philosophy.
0: Mm, great. That's great. Thank you. Um, you then describe, and again, this is not something we'll, we'll ask you to list exhaustively as you do in the book, though. I mean, this this book is 105 pages, but I've never read 105 pages so packed with detail. It's really, really quite remarkable. Um, Thank you. But some of the... Lo- Yes. Yes. It was a pleasure to read. Some of the laws, irregularities, and principles of control that that you uh, catalog for us. um, What are some of the most significant and overarching trends as you see them? And a couple of the the areas that, that caught my attention and speak about them if you wish or if there are others you think are more important please do but uh, the principles of complex systems functioning as well as biological systems functioning but again any of any of the major laws regularities or principles of control that you think are are particularly significant uh, can you tell us about those
1: okay uh, cybernetics as a general uh, science about uh, Control, communication and so on about general regularities uh, should formulate and study these general laws and regularities of control and now uh, you may uh, use mm, such a simple test ask some of your uh, friends uh, specialists in control for example uh, ask them to formulate some general uh, laws of control. And uh, I am sure that uh, they will say that there is the law of feedback. Uh, Then they will think for a minute and will remember the law of um, emergence Uh, and maybe some another... Ideas about optimality, optimal open systems or required variety of ASB will be mentioned and that's all. I have uh, implemented these tests uh, first on my students. Uh, Students uh, have failed this test. Then I applied this test to my colleagues, professors in control theory. And the result was uh, the same. They have remembered the um, uh, feedback principle, uh, emergence, uh, black box principle, and, and, and that's all. And uh, that is why I devoted a uh, uh, part of the book to the laws, regularities, and principles of control. And I think that uh, these, mm, the main result of this chapter, of this uh, block of the book, is uh, negative. Because some laws and regularities are listened there, some of them are uh, very well known, some of them are known to specialists in particular sciences, some, such as and biology and so on, but the main result is that there are no general laws and regularities of control uh, unified and uh, well known to all the specialists. And hence is a great challenge to the, all the specialists in control theory. It's a great, the, one of the greatest challenges to modern cybernetics to search for and to formulate a systematic list of these uh, laws and tribulations. so it's really a challenge. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you do you think that uh, I, that it's because the, those laws have not yet been adequately formulated, or that it's just that the meta science the meta science of cybernetics has not been able to reach into those corners of specialization to the degree, the degree that it should?
1: Mm. I doubt, because mm, there are a lot of details in uh, any science. Um, maybe some uh, particular formulations about some regularities of control may be formulated by the specialists in controlling uh, social systems, uh, leaf systems, technical systems, ecological systems, and so on. But we speak about their laws which are general uh, to all the objects of control. And uh, I don't know why we are not able to formulate it now, but I'm sure that we have to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not tomorrow, not today, maybe in five or 10 years, but uh, it's um, not, a, not just a challenge, it's a purpose of modern control theory and genetics
0: and so on. Terrific, thank you. And we'll we'll get to some of that again when we when we get to your final chapter on cybernetics uh, two the next uh, the next iteration that you're you're forecasting for us. So um, can you talk about some of the developmental trends? Um, I'm thinking of things like stuff around networks and big data, which is obviously a, a very um, popular uh, topic uh, in various circles uh, these days. So uh, some of the developmental uh, trends is uh, interest in networked control. Uh, shift from living systems to social systems, and you talk about a dialectical spiral: read the social and technical in terms of uh, the relationship between these, which has, of course, been at the core of cybernetics for a long, long time. Again, this search for general uh, generalizations, generalizable laws, etc., that go back and forth from technical systems to biological systems to social systems, etc., which has been again the sort of sponsoring. Uh, <laughs> Oh, we have a guest. Sorry, it's my daughter. <laughs> That's okay.
1: She <Charitable> returned from skiing. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: That's okay. Um so the yeah, the the uh the dialectical spiral uh between social systems, technical systems, biological systems um which has really been the kind of sponsoring quest of cybernetics right back to the Macy conferences. Maybe you can tell us a bit about that as, as you outline some of the developmental trends uh, in the field that you identify in the book.
1: Okay. Let's start from the um, uh, main uh, attention paid to the different objects of control from the historical point of view. And, uh, i absolutely agree with the uh, idea of the dialectical uh, returning to the same objects the same problems on the new uh, level of development Uh, i think that uh, some ancient people they mm, were thinking about uh, mostly not on the problems of social control but of problems of control of some technical systems when inventing the wheel and so on then uh, maybe in ancient egypt and some other uh, several thousands uh, before christ uh, the uh, development of new uh, states took place, but uh, I guess that the main attention was uh, still to the problems of uh, social control. And since uh, Plato uh, and other philosophies, uh, ancient philosophies of the uh, and the Domini period, uh, we mm, see the uh, research on the problems of uh, social control uh, because uh, cybernetics the term cybernetics uh, used by Plata meant uh, you know, the control of society but it uh, origin from the uh, uh, governor uh, it was the um, uh, a man who drive to the boat. Yes. Yes. And then uh, the attention, maybe in middle age, turned to the technical systems, the problems of controlling technical systems. Uh, then uh, the eighteenth and nineteenth century, it turned again to the social systems. And uh, Henri Marie Ampere, uh, in his classification of sciences, he have put in. Uh, cybernetics into the political sciences, as well as uh, Trentovsky, the middle of uh, 19th century, he considered um, cybernetics as the science of governing people, society, and so on. Uh, Then uh, in uh, 20th century, especially in the second part of the 20th century, when Um, The control theory and the um, mathematical communication theory uh, started um, its great development and tremendous results in the development of uh, the technical systems, in the control of technical systems. They um, illustrate that at this period the main attention was uh, to the control of... uh, Technical systems. But since the end of the 20th century and uh, nowadays, we see that more and more attention is paid to the control of social systems. And since the end of the um, 20th century, uh, when a great amount of quantitative results in biology, in uh, pharmacology, uh, in uh, physiology uh, appeared, uh, it led to the start of the interest to the control in leaf systems, biological, medical systems, and so on. And uh, I may assume that uh, the 21st century will be the century of control uh, of social and uh, live systems. I hope that it will be so. Uh, and uh, cybernetics uh, must for and control theory, uh, they must follow this uh, trend. The second trend, which is uh, uh, stressed in the book, is the trend of uh, so-called networkism. Uh, you see more and more networks around you technical, informative, social, communication, uh, production, uh, and other, other, other networks. Uh, nowadays, we live in the world of uh, networks. But mm, it's not too correct to state that we have transferred from, from some uh, hierarchically structured world to a networked world. Um, the picture is much more complicated and i think that the adequate uh, model is the hierarchy of uh, networks and networks of hierarchies and it's uh, a great trend in uh, control theory and with applications to the control of production uh, energetics uh, and so on and so on and so on and of course uh, one cannot forget about the big data on this phenomenon appeared 10 years ago Uh, but uh, i am sure that uh, from one hand uh, it's uh, a very um, useful uh, tendency and uh, development adequate for example mathematical technique to operate uh, with big data in real time is a challenge for mathematics. From one hand, and it gives new opportunities to the uh, analytics. On the other hand, but uh, I am sure that uh, the big data is a fashion, and uh, you will forget about it in next ten years. About this term, it's my forecast. Let's discuss it in ten years. You see, because. The uh, definition of big data as a a set of data which uh, you are not able to operate efficiently in adequate time, Uh, it's not uh, a true and correct definition because it depends on your abilities. For example, with our modern abilities, some problems which were very difficult and, uh, for example... 100 years ago, or uh, 30 years ago. Now they are very simple and uh, any um, student may solve these problems. And maybe some data would seem uh, big today, they wouldn't be big in 10 years or 50 years, and so on. So this uh, relative def- definition, uh, it's, it's a fashion. I, I, I am sure that it's a fashion.
0: Well, maybe, yes, in 10 years, we will have a discussion about that because you do, you do uh, identify this, this conundrum of our, when our capabilities, in terms of the data we can generate, are, have outstripped our ability to use them. And you use the phrase choking on data. But it sounds to me like you're quite uh, optimistic that what, we, what you call big control is sort of rising to the challenge of what is being called big data.
1: You see, control is just impossible, uh, especially feedback control, without uh, information. It means without data. And uh, if you handle with a control system, uh, which is described by big data, hence, uh, maybe you use the term uh, big control but uh, it means that uh, maybe you should not uh, apply the methods of uh, big data analysis to control this object. Maybe uh, you'll first uh, try to understand the nature of this object and uh, build some uh, simplified model of this object. And uh, in many, many uh, cases, Uh, using of the simplified model is sufficient for efficient control and you don't need to apply uh, big data. Uh, I may give an example from the uh, physics, from astronomy and physics. Uh, uh, Astronomist uh, Ticha Brage spent 20 years looking on the movement of the planets and his records about uh, uh, these observations uh, observations for the 20-year period uh, it was really a big data for uh, his period imagine nobody could not operate it in real time nobody could not handle it in minutes or hours. But uh, then uh, Kepler appeared, uh, who had written his uh, three laws of uh, planet's movement, and uh, he was basing on the experimental data of Tichel Brage. But when these uh, three laws, experimental laws, were written on the paper, Uh, uh, the necessity necessity in the records of uh, T. Hebrage disappeared. You don't need this data if you have an adequate model, empirical model. And then uh, genius Newton, Isaac Newton, appeared, who have written one theoretical law of gravitation. Yes? The law of uh, uh, inverse squares and uh, all the three laws of Kepler, but consequences from the law of gravity, and all the observations of Ticha may be generated from this law of uh, gravitation with uh, proper initial positions of the planets and so on. So, you should not. Uh, enjoying the amount of your data you'll first think uh, about signature and uh, you should uh, find or construct a
0: good simple model Mm -hmm. and again that's the quest for cybernetics that you're talking about about continuing to find um these generalizable uh, principles uh, across these uh, diverse and complex branches that we've been talking about. Um, so I, here's, I'm going to ask a question I probably should have asked much earlier in this interview, but can you say something about the word control itself? I mean, I think there's been a different, you know, obviously different uses of those of the word or different, different perhaps folk understandings of the word control. And it's one of the things that has made certain people in, uh, in, north america and other places outside particularly outside the soviet union um during the time of the cold war the idea of the notion of control as a word applied to social systems uh has made people very nervous in this whole thing i can hear you laughing already that <laughs> this idea of cybernetics as the science of of control from above uh and this is probably again perhaps a laughable question for you but there are folks out there who still um, the idea of applying the word control, that you, when you think of a technical system, to a social system, they, their minds immediately race to some kind of dystopian idea. Is there anything you would like to say to, uh, to any of our listeners who still perhaps harbor some of those, those notions?
1: Uh, on one hand, uh, the, uh, some nervous behavior of common people. Uh, when speaking about the uh, control and application to the society to a human uh, is uh, reasonable uh, because uh, on one hand any uh, institution such as uh, state, government corporation uh, tries to control its agents, uh, citizens of the uh, country, uh, employers of the corporation, and so on. And the second aspect, uh, which is much more important, uh, is that uh, during the last 20 years, maybe 20, maybe 15, maybe 25, the opportunities of such a control uh, increased uh, greatly Uh, because due to the development of the informational communication technology on one hand you uh, can uh, rapidly obtain a great amount for a great amount of information Uh, you can connect with anybody uh, in the world for example we are now sitting in different countries on the uh, just opposite sides of the earth and speaking about uh, the science of cybernetics in real time Uh, but uh, uh, at the same time uh, all this information uh, may be um, obtained and may be used uh, for some other people and uh, how should they use this information and what information would they put in your uh, hand by showing something by tv by uh, showing you uh, something uh, when you're opening uh, internet and so on Uh, it's a great question and i think that it's a um, challenge for um, challenge for the Uh, humanity because we don't uh, we have not realized the threats of the rapid development of technologies because mm, according to the, I don't like the theory of Kurzweil with his singularity uh, explosion, yes, but uh, I'm sure that mm, the characteristic time of development of technologies uh, has become uh, less than the characteristic time of uh, humans' understanding of this uh, development. Uh, Because when mm, in the uh, 1940s, uh, scientists invented the atomic bomb, uh, first they uh, realized uh, all the danger of uh, its uh, militarist uh, application. And you remember the letter of uh, Einstein to Roosevelt and so on, uh, who said that uh, it's very dangerous to apply this nuclear power in uh, militaristic um, affairs. Uh, Scientists had time to realize what are they doing? But nowadays, I think that when inventing new technologies, especially in uh, informational communication technologies and in uh, the sphere of live systems, uh, you invent uh, something new, uh, much more intensive, than you are able to uh, realize what it is, what it is uh, positive features, and what are the uh, possible dangers for you and for the, of the people around, you. so the problem is not so not so simple as the control of some certain person of or society or group of person. The problem is uh, in the development of
0: mankind. Yes, 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 very much so. Um, can you say a little bit about the specific work on this, is germane to the question that we we just? Uh, dealt with on the relation between macro social description and the micro description of individual agents in a social system simulation. This is something that's a particular fascination for me in the work that I do. I come at this from a much different perspective uh, than you and many others in that uh, I come at this from the world of the theater, believe it or not, and, and using, um, using the theater as a, as a modeling facility for complex social systems. Um, because I'm exactly interested in the micro description of individual agents, uh, and the way that can be missed out in macro descriptions. Um, is there anything you could, you could, you identify this as a, as a challenge in the book. Is there anything you can say about, about continuing efforts to get, uh, better at, at, at getting at the micro descriptions within, um, social system simulation? Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. I'll start from, uh, reference to my latest book. The book of uh, my postgraduate students and me, we published it last year in Springer. Uh, it's called Mob Control. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just devoted to the transfer from uh, micro models of social behavior, of threshold behavior, some particular models of behavior, to the macro models. Uh, you. Uh, are right that um, uh, it's traditional for all the classical sciences starting from physics uh, to try to first to um, uh, conduct some simple model of the low level of uh, um, describing the interaction of uh, certain agents and so on and uh, then turn to the uh, macro description of this system, uh, turning from uh, micro to macro behavior. Uh, Statistical physics is um, an excellent example of such a transfer. Yes, you start from the model of ideal gas, and uh, then you can transfer to the statistical physics, which operate to the probability, probability, probability distributions and so on. And uh, nowadays, there are a lot of research which are trying to pass this way uh, to um, start from, for example, some random graph of the social network uh, which is has the characteristic size of uh, uh, 10 million of uh, agents, and then reduce this complex model to some simple model when this uh, society of interacting agent is described by one uh, differential equation. But the problem is to uh, formulate such a macro model that will be adequate to the uh, initial uh, system uh, or the micro-model, the detailed micro-model of this system. And main problems are in finding such a correct simple macro-model which will be adequate to uh, micro-model. In, in the book I have mentioned, and uh, the book devoted to the problems of mock control uh, we obtained several uh, differential equations which efficiently describe the mm, interaction of millions of uh, agents, for example, in mobs or in uh, online social networks. And when having such a simple model, you uh, can uh, formulate and solve the control problem. For example, if you want to mm, excite Uh, the whole network, Uh, how should you um, uh, impact on certain agents or some fraction of agents in this network to uh, uh, generate the excitation of the uh, whole network. Such control problems are efficiently formulated and solved. It's a very interesting field. Very
0: interesting. Well, I'll definitely uh, have to keep my eye out for that book as well, and perhaps uh, we'll get you on again to discuss, obviously, some very interesting findings.
1: I'll send you the, the reference on this book, okay?
0: That's great. Thank you very much. So we're getting close to the end of our time together, so we should maybe talk just a little bit about the conclusion, uh, Cybernetics 2.0, and your sense of of uh, where cybernetics could be going, where you think it ought to be going. Um, you You identify cybernetics as forming the integral modern scientific world outlook, which I think is quite a profound and sort of provocative statement. And uh, But the, the real detail you offer here, which I'm interested to hear more about, is your replacement of the word communication in Wiener's original definition of cybernetics as a science of communication and control in the animal and machine to organization. So can you tell us um, uh, a little more about Um, What specifically you're trying to get at by by swapping out those words and what the implications of that are for your version of Cybernetics 2.0?
1: Okay. Uh, If you read thoroughly the um, several papers of Norbert Wiener, uh, which were published in uh, 1944 uh, with his course for Rosenbluth, uh, and if you read the book Cybernetics and uh, Cybernetics and Society, uh, you will uh, see that uh, Wiener paid uh, many, many attention to the uh, some causal effects, uh, the effects of uh, reasonability and causality in the mm, description of any system, uh, physiological system or uh, technical system. And uh, it's a very, mm, uh, a very brave uh, idea to guess that uh, winner, maybe he uh, was implying uh, this interrelation between uh, events, between parts of the system and so on, when he was speaking about uh, the mm, communication between them because communication is uh, necessary but not sufficient for a complex system Uh, and mm, this idea uh, of replacing the word communication by the word mm, intercommunication leads us to the more general category such a category of organization which is mm, used may be used in uh, three meanings. Uh, Organization as a property of some uh, system, uh, the uh, conditional manner of being organized. Uh, An organization as the process, the process of organizing uh, of something. And organization as organizational system. And uh, I believe that uh, this category uh, category organization is very fruitful uh, in comparison with in completing with uh, control. And looking on uh, the problems of systems and of systems uh, organization and control, uh, first of all, give us an opportunity uh, to put together system uh, all the system sciences with cybernetics on the uh, same uh, ground with no uh, details, uh, which is a system science, which is cybernetics, which is control theory and so on. And uh, if you read the book uh, Tectology by uh, Alexander Bogdanov, which was written at the beginning of the uh, 20th century, It's a great uh, philosophical book. Uh, Bogdanov uh, uh, was writing about um, the necessity of conducting some general science about organization of any kind of systems, of natural systems, artificial systems, and so on. And uh, it's a pity that... uh, In a century ago, we haven't developed these ideas to some uh, adequate uh, level. And I guess that the next level of development of cybernetics uh, may be um, based on considering it as the science of systems organization and uh,
0: control terrific thank you very very much you've been most most generous with your time particularly I know it's well past working hours in Moscow right now so I really appreciate you being being with me tonight um so uh our last question uh what are you working on now
1: uh now I'm working in, on the book uh, which is called the um, methodology of complex activity uh it's uh I think that it's a step in development of the theory of organization, of Bogdanov's theory of organization. So it's, it's some development of cybernetics to the
0: field of the organization theory.
1: Thank you very much, Tom. I was very glad to have this uh, very interesting discussion.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much. And we look forward to your future work. The development of Bogdanov is is something that we've waited a long time for, as you mentioned. So we'll definitely look to have you on again to talk about that uh, in the hopefully not so distant future. Thank you very much, Dimitri. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?